0: Spectrum Health and Human Services is located throughout Western New York. For an appointment, call 716-539-5500. If you are in a crisis, you can call 716-710-5172. Their website is www.shswny.org.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another wonderful episode with Spectrum Health and Human Services. In this, I believe this is the fourth episode with Spectrum. I sit down with the Health Home Care Coordination Team, and the three gals that I chop it up with are Amanda Zepeda, Kristen Estrada, and Tara Reedern. And we have an awesome conversation, and I'm going to give you the contact information for them now. Because my assumption is most people don't even listen to the outro. Once that music starts playing, they probably cut it off and go on to their next podcast that they're going to listen to. And so basically, in this episode, we talk about how you can get connected with some counselors and the team members at the Health Home Care Coordination Program. And you would be contacting, originally to get referred and to get set up, Kristen Estrada. And you can contact her Monday through Friday between the hours of 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. And that phone number is area code 716-539-5465. And you can figure out how to get into the program. And this program is going to really just get you set up with somebody to find either living, to set goals, to obtain the goals that you want to set, and everything else. And their website you would get in touch with is www.hhpwny.org, and that is the Health Home Partners of Western New York.org. So be sure to check that out. Make sure you give this episode a listen. Really had a beautiful conversation with them, and they do a lot for the Western New York community. And I think we can all get some information out of this, and you can pass it along to either yourself or somebody you know who could really use it. So enjoy this. Thank you for listening, and I love you guys. Keep strong, stay positive, try to stay encouraged, learn from your mistakes, and all that other jazz that I like to pass along to you guys that I'm learning in my own life alright guys peace out later it has yeah no things have been pretty awesome over the last year and a half cool so it's been exciting but this isn't about me this is about what you gals are doing here at Spectrum so we'll kind of just go around the room real quick with a cheesy introduction um, and just you know your names and you know what your position is here and I know this is about the care coordination program.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so mm-hmm. yeah, talk a little bit about that, and we'll kind of go through what you guys do, what you're excited about, what you're passionate about, and what you love about this place and what you're doing.
0: All right, you're looking at me, so you'll get yes, to go first. Start with Amanda. <laughs> well,
1: you're right across from me, so you're probably going to be the one I.
0: That's always okay. Always start with. Oh, great! All right, my name is Amanda <laughs> Cepeda, and I am the director of Health Homes here at Spectrum. What else do you want to know you want to know what we do or you want to just go do the uh, yeah we'll kind of
1: do a quick introduction okay. yeah and we'll go to kristen over there
0: i am kristen estrada i
3: am the senior outreach and engagement specialist for care coordination all right kristen
1: and then tara
2: yes i'm tara reardon and i am also a director of the health home program
1: beautiful all right and how did you guys like get started with this program what's what is it about
2: Well, I've been with this program for about 15 years. It's changed quite a bit since when I first started. Um, It was initially just the care coordination program, and then some things changed about seven years ago, which implemented the health homes. Um, It's basically just having to do with how it's funded and such, so some changes came with that change. Um, And so we grew tremendously pretty much overnight with that change to health homes so but it's always been the same theme as you know helping folks and trying to bring out the best in everybody and help them reach self-defined goals that's always been kind of the theme even with the changes over the years
1: and so does it involve like finding people housing
2: sure um is that just
1: one little aspect of it
2: that's one little aspect it's really about helping anyone with whatever it's a very individualized program So it's about helping folks with whatever it is that they identify wanting help with. So certainly housing could be an issue that they have. Um, They maybe are looking to go to work, go to school. It might be as simple as securing benefits. You name it, really. They kind of drive the car as to what it is that we work on.
1: Okay, so someone kind of just comes in and sits down with you you gals and says, I want to accomplish this, this, and that. Right. And you just find ways to help them do that?
2: Yep, sure. Absolutely. Actually, it kind of starts with Kristen. She's the outreach person. She is the senior outreach person, so she um, kind of outreaches, just you know, just like the title says.
1: So, Kristen, you go out and like find people.
3: Yeah. So we get referrals that come in from various uh, locations. We get referrals that come in from the county. We get referrals that come from uh, state incarceration facilities, other outside agencies, and providers. Um, a lot of times we work with the hospitals, the local hospital, especially ECMC to get referrals in from the psychiatric unit. So my role is to really try to engage them about the services, uh, it, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. you could say, and then I will meet with them first. So I'm really the first face that the person sees. And then from there, we kind of do a brief assessment on what their needs are, what their goals are from there, check to make sure they're eligible for the program. And then once all that stuff is done, we complete some eligibility paperwork and from from there then they're assigned to their actual care coordinator
1: okay and that would be one of you two is there how many of there are
2: you um no how it would be it there's about 30, 30 care coordinators i would say okay. on the floor um so uh we have different little pocket programs that go on within the program as well so some care coordinators we have health home plus aot harp so there's different little pockets within
1: inside the whole right? tree yes yep
2: so depending on which you know whoever kristen may see if they that's how it gets determined on who it goes to
1: All right. And then it just, and then that's it. Like you're obviously not, that's it, but you're the final step and you work with them until their goals are, what's the end game? They accomplish what they need and they move on? When they
0: accomplish what they need, uh, when they really don't need us anymore, when they can live independently within the community, you know, we do more uh, than you know, just making sure they have housing and food with somebody's life, they need to be happy too, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't want to just make sure that they go to their doctors or they, you know, go to social services for the benefits. We want them to really get the full picture of, of their life, I guess, if you could say it that way. So, you know, an example I used to use with my clients was, you know, if you want to join a bowling league, let us know. We'll try to help you get into a bowling league, or you know, join the Y, or whatever you enjoy to really just improve your life as a whole. Mm-hmm. You can go to the doctors all you want if you're not happy, you're not happy. You need to do something enjoyable for yourself. Mm-hmm. So
2: that's it's more about looking yeah, at the whole person. It's the
0: whole person, right?
1: Yeah, and I found that I think the first episode I did was with Kevin Beckman. Yeah, you know, downstairs, mm-hmm. and we did it on the holistic health project, and oh, okay. we talked about how it's just so centered on the individual. And I find it's one of the most difficult things with substance use and mental health is that it is so individualized. Like you have to, it's different for every single person. And that's the biggest challenge of it. Uh, You know, what are you gonna do and what you have to do to help somebody improve their existence is different for every individual. And I enjoy that challenge, but sometimes it can be frustrating. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's awesome, I love the whole focusing on one individual and what they need and you know help them get a bowling league whatever it is to make their life better whatever yeah Mm -hmm. whatever it takes because i love that point is you can be healthy all you want but if you're not doing something Mm -hmm. you enjoy in your life and not having fun then you're miserable it's a moot point Yeah, yeah it's pointless yeah
2: and we also kind of meet people where they're at. We're more of a community-based program. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you are aware of that. So people certainly can come here to meet with us, but we go into the community meet with them. We go to hospitals, their home, treatment facilities. Sometimes we'll meet with people at McDonald's or Tim Hortons. It's really...
1: Yeah, I love that part of it too. Mm-hmm. I remember I was talking with another Spectrum episode I did as well with Brittany Derry, who is over at on the Seneca Street, mm-hmm. and she, she talked about that. And that, I think that's such a cool process of going out going to people's homes. Because that's the first hurdle you come across is some people just, I remember when I was using or even getting clean on my own, in my first attempt of getting clean, I was. I didn't want to do anything. I put everything off. Mm-hmm. Walking down to the grocery store or whatever it was, eh, whatever. I'll do it right. tomorrow and you don't want to do anything. And that can tumbleweed into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can be a barrier yeah.
2: to, you know, so we try to knock the barrier down by meeting them where they're at. Yeah, that's yeah. great. It also gives us a hand too to see their
0: surroundings
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know they can come to an office and, and talk to a counselor or anything and you know it's in a, a small little room you're talking about you know whatever but we can go out to the homes we can see where they're living what they really need to really improve their lives uh, so that's a really great aspect of being able to go out into the field
1: do you find like people become more vulnerable and open when you go out oh, to yeah. their homes mm-hmm. and everything For sure. else absolutely yeah, I feel like it is kind of intimidating sometimes to come into a, an office and then mm-hmm. sit down and you feel almost obligated to talk about something maybe you don't yeah. really want to talk about and yeah, I think that's a really awesome concept. Right. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. So what else what else does this care coordination, you know, look like? You said there's different like pockets of different programs, like mm-hmm. Harp and stuff like that. Do you find that it sp- does it spread out a lot? Is there a lot of different things going on as far um- as that?
2: I think there are a lot of different things going on, but like I said um, earlier, it's all kind of the same goal. It's all trying to help people reach self-identified goals and to live a happier, healthier life. But we reach a lot of folks. We have the HARP program, AOT, Health Home Plus, but really those are just kind of, how would you explain... Yeah, that's tough. It's, it's hard to explain the difference between it, but there's certain diagnoses would, that would qualify folks.
1: So you would sense, so if somebody just for instance needed help with housing, do you have a special group that helps with just housing or? No,
2: no, it doesn't work that way. Okay. It's more so like AOT program. It uh, stands for assisted outpatient treatment. Okay. Um, and so that was brought about in the late nineties. There was a situation in New York city where a person with schizophrenia was unmedicated and pushed a woman named Kendra under the subway. I don't know if you're familiar familiar with Mm-mm. that but what was born out of that was Kendra's law and that's what AOT is so basically okay. what it means is you can be court mandated to receive mental health treatment and medications if you're deemed to be a person that may be a threat to yourself or others okay um, so we have about five care coordinators that work with the Deal AOT with population um, so there's different parameters for them they're seen weekly you know we could call if they're not doing well and and have them get a pickup order to go to the hospital, but certainly like they could, there's no differentiation on the goals that they work on. So, you know, housing wouldn't go to this program or that program. It's just kind of, so that's empty. Like counselor, poor <laughs> care mm-hmm. coordinator. Right. And then the HARP yeah. program, you would probably be able to explain a little better is more so of folks that kind of have a higher utilization of ER and hospitals. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So HARP is, is uh, higher need clients that aren't court mandated, but they're identified by the state. So the state lets us know if these people qualify for the HARP program, and really, what HARP is, it helps get them services much quicker than regular care coordination. So we know that these clients are higher need, maybe a higher risk level, uh, you know, for suicidal or homicidal thoughts. So the process is sped up with the insurance companies okay. to approve specific services such as peer services or uh, learning how to live within the community, daily living skills, uh, education, employment. So and it's it's very um, detailed work. So if somebody is linked up with uh, an educational specialist through HARP, they're not only just going to find them a school that they can go to, they're going to be with them during their schooling to help them if they need any additional help with studying or okay. anything yeah. like that. So it's really detailed uh, work that we do with these higher need clients.
1: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is
0: really cool. I yeah.
1: remember when I was in rehab, I, there was people who were using needles and stuff like that that would be pushed ahead to get into yeah. rehab, and there was more concern with the opiate addicts. And mm-hmm. I remember I went in front of a huge list of people, to get into rehab because of, of an risk. opiate addiction yeah. yeah yeah and i mean i guess it's important i could do a whole podcast on the fact that we have to wait for health insurance approval for anything but that's for another time. Right, right. Sure, we'll sure. save that for but some other time. But. And that's
0: the good thing with HARP is that the insurance companies actually work with us. So they're not fighting against us, saying, no, we can't give that service to that person. I haven't come across a time yet where they've denied where they've service. Denied. That's, yeah. that's good to hear.
1: Yeah. I when I was living in an Oxford house, people would call up all the time and I'm leaving the village and ask them how long they've been there. It'd be like, two weeks. Well, why are you leaving two weeks? Because my health insurance said I don't yeah. need it anymore. And I'm like, what is that? Right. That is crazy to me. That some person with a sheet of paper who doesn't know who you are determines that no you don't inside need knowledge. Yeah, nothing. nothing. Yes, so true. So, but yes, that's a, that's another episode. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but so, tell me why you guys got into what you got into. Why you're passionate about it? what wow. What brought you to this point, and you know what you get out of doing what you do? Wow. Oh. Whoever well, wants I'm... to start.
2: I was just always passionate about helping people. I'm kind of an empath by nature, so I've always felt people's energies around me and have always cared a great deal about folks and have always wanted to help. So that really was just my passion from a young age and it kind of shaped the way for who I would be as an adult. Um, So I would say in short, that would be kind of what brought me to the field. That's awesome. Yeah, That's good.
1: What about yeah. you, Kristen?
3: Um, well, I actually started here um, in 2008 as a part-time secretary. Really? Yeah, and I just kind of advanced throughout the years, and it just kind of naturally fell on my lap. It's something that I'm good at I'm good at talking to people I'm good at marketing I guess <laughs> you know <laughs> getting out there and you know I'm not really scared of different neighborhoods or approaching different people so that's not a barrier for me and I kind of just grew with health homes because I started it from the very beginning you know was in it from pretty much the very beginning so I've kind of turned this position into my own which is nice Um, so it's like my little baby it's just <laughs> me and I kind of get out there on my own means, I do a walk-in clinic too from, you know, through Monday through Friday here from 8 to 10 a.m. So if anybody's coming in off the street, they want services where, or you know, a referral may have not been necessarily put through. We definitely won't say no to them. We'll get them services if they meet eligibility. It's just kind of something that, again, I just fell in love with and the people here are pretty cool too. Yeah, they yeah. are.
1: They're mm-hmm. from th- those that I've met, they yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a really cool story though, that you started off as, as part-time secretary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, just, and then created your own position. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. So pretty that's much. awesome. That's kind of what I'm trying to do is create uh, a job for just doing podcasts. Yeah. and <laughs> we'll see how it goes in the future. But
2: it seems like you're doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah it's sure. starting. It's
1: starting to. It's starting to provide some kind of income, which yeah. is nice. But yeah. mm-hmm. And side yeah. note, I didn't create outreach. Outreach
3: always existed. That's true. Well, so did yeah. podcasts. So you know, yeah. Kind of I don't want to get yelled at for that. <laughs>
1: Well, why don't, you're um, kind of just like, you know, why don't you pay me to go do this? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Hey, what about you, Amanda?
0: You know, I uh, I have to agree with Tara to a, a point. I'm just an empath at heart. I've always felt people's energy. However, my calling didn't happen till later in life. I was kind of a screw up in my younger years. You know, refused to go to school, anything like that. So I actually went back from my undergrad in my 30s. And got my master's degree in my late 30s. So I'm a little behind the game, you know, catching up to everybody. But, you know, it's always been a passion of mine. I just kind of veered off the main paved road for a while. <laughs> and then I found my way back. There I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is um, definitely my calling. This is where I belong.
1: Yeah, that's that's great. I found, too, that everybody I kind of talk to that is in the, this job area has always said, I've always kind of had this from a young age where mm-hmm. I and wanted to help people and liked helping people, which I guess in order to, as you guys know, in order to come in and do this for a living, you have to be mm-hmm. able to do that or else it ain't going to work out very well for you.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. You have to care about wanting to do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're certainly not paying millions of dollars for right. people to come in here and do this. So right. it ain't for the money half right. the time. Sure. I, in fact, I really kind of had discussions with people I should say probably more debates and arguments, but i even yet to from Horizon, Evergreen, Spectrum Health, I have yet to run into one person I've met that was just collecting a paycheck. Right. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been around since, what, almost two years now, you know, from jail to here. Jail, I found a lot of people just collecting a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> well, after <yeah>. that, yes, <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> after that, it was just nothing but you know awesome people. I went to an ATC out by New York City and... It was a floor and a half. They rented from a mental hospital and it was terrible. The environment was terrible, but the people were still just Mm -hmm. caring and loving and wanted to help. I do find one of the biggest issues is people are overworked in a lot of ways. I found that for the counselors that I've had, that they would spend less time on me if I was doing better. And more time on the people who needed it, which is sure. good. Obviously, you have to do that, but I feel like there's a, a lack of people in the industry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or there's just too many people who need to mm-hmm. need help, one of the, one need the help from yeah. this industry. Sure. And so I guess the uh, the latter to cut back on would be a better one. But I mean, what do you what issues do you guys kind of find that? you see are the biggest, the biggest need, the biggest hurdles that they come across. Housing. I would say housing need. is yeah, probably housing. the biggest thing
2: that we're facing mm-hmm. now as far as the greatest need.
1: Especially at winter's coming up.
2: With winter's coming up, but too, I also think um, it's wonderful that Buff- Buffalo's kind of been reborn in the last five years. Right. But the you know, there's housing. a lot of... Great things going on, a lot of renovations happening, which is wonderful, but um, I think there's a side that people don't often think of is that it kind of, you know, affordable housing is kind Mm -hmm. of going down. Um, It used to be so that it would be cheaper to live in the city of Buffalo than it would be the suburbs. Now, I mean, there's really...
3: Not much of a difference. It's, it's
1: no, there isn't. a lot more, yeah. actually. It's a lot more. Especially if you get yeah. in the Elmwood Village. and yeah, Absolutely. And, yeah.
2: So that's kind of been a crisis for us as far as trying to find nice, affordable housing for folks. It's just the, it's, the options are becoming lesser mm-hmm. and lesser. Yeah, very mm-hmm. slim, unfortunately. And haven't you noticed that in like the last five oh, years more absolutely. so? Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Most of the clients I feel that I come across are, it's it's housing. It's mm-hmm. almost yeah. always housing.
1: Yeah, I find that's very tough to find, even mm-hmm. with like Oxford houses, I find mm-hmm. it very tough for women mm-hmm. to find that housing a lot more so than men. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. in Services in general, I have found, I do some on-call work for Save the Michaels and they'll have me drive a lot. And usually it's for their women's groups, whether it's the Lockport office or the Buffalo office. And I've been driving in Somerset and um, Madonna House and picking mm-hmm. them them girls up. And you know the conversations I have with them. There's just very few services, very thing, few things going on mm-hmm. for women. Mm-hmm. I find for that's housing too.
2: I think there's more rooming houses. There's some right for men, more right, yeah, yeah. male rooming houses. So, I mean,
1: there's Oxford houses everywhere. But
3: even mm-hmm. shelters, yeah. there's more for men, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or specific to families than just women, unless it's like a DV shelter, you know. So. Mm. That's a barrier too.
1: Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I found that very much being being a big issue in the area. I'm assuming probably the country. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. as well for sure. from some statistics that I've read, I think obviously more men struggle with addiction, but there still is nowhere near enough services for um, women out there. I definitely have found that. So other than housing, what else?
3: Transportation. Transportation. Not so much like the transportation where you can you know need help getting to your doctors or stuff like that but it's everything outside of that pocket so a lot of people you know don't live on a bus line or have medical issues that you know prohibit them from taking a bus just getting groceries Mm -hmm. you know or or going to see a friend stuff like that or socializing there's barriers with that there's not a lot of places that will be yeah working that can get you to those places outside of medicaid transportation
1: yeah, which Medicaid obviously mm-hmm. just gets you to your right. appointments. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's a mean big even one. that's a fight sometimes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: I've I've seen a lot of people struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, I've been very blessed in that situation. When I got out of Horizon Village, about three months later, my sister bought a brand new car and gave me her Ford Taurus. So.
2: Oh, that was nice. I have. Yeah, Good. I've
1: been I've been a very lucky oh. guy in my life, so it's been nice. That's Yeah, wonderful. I do I do find that that's a big issue even people don't even have mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have their license right mm-hmm. the buffalo public transportation is terrible
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i mean it, unless like you said kristen unless you live on a mm-hmm. bus line
3: and that's why i think part of even meeting with people for outreach I, I always tell them i can meet you at home you can come here i can meet you in a public space whatever you're most comfortable with hmm so i think and i've you know a lot of people are like oh my gosh you would come to me yeah absolutely we'd come to you so i think that just that conversation kind of breaks down some barriers too and is like wow this place is willing to come to me and work with me and i don't have to go there this isn't another doctor's appointment i have to attend Mm -hmm. so i think that's helpful for people too
2: i mean because that's half the battle sometimes is just getting there Mm -hmm. you know think about sometimes people have to take three buses just to get to get to one place and not
0: this just that a side note is we Work with all of Erie County. Right. So we can have a client way south, you know, past okay. Boston, uh-huh. past Springville, and there's no buses that go out there. Medicaid, right. transportation, yeah, they're not
1: getting
0: anywhere. 95% of the time, it refuses to go out there. So these people are stuck in the middle of nowhere because that's one, maybe the only place they were able to find housing, you know, uh, decently priced, and two, there's just, you know, they're, they're stuck there. So, like she said, we go out to them Mm -hmm. because they do find it really difficult to come into the city.
2: Yeah, and we do have a, I don't know if you're familiar, a care coordination program in Wyoming County too.
1: Yeah, I knew you guys had some Mm -hmm. stuff going on in Wyoming County, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I remember actually Heather when we did the peer advocate youth pro-social episode. She uh, was telling me about all the stuff that goes on in Wyoming County. Mm -hmm. Moving on to, um, I had a topic and I got distracted what I want to say oh like going out in the community mm-hmm. and like you said that's a huge opener right for mm-hmm. when you run into people and I think that's what people love is oh, yeah. that like like you said mm-hmm. Kristen that whole wow these people come to me right they care that much they want to help and I think that is a huge just open the door mm-hmm. wow this person's going to come to me and why wouldn't I take this if they're going to come to me sure. why wouldn't I take their services right.
3: Which and I mean, sweet. just this morning, I met somebody at Pathways, and then went out to Springville. Yeah. So you know, my day could be all over the place. There's no really limits. I mean, if you want me me under a bridge, I'll meet you under a bridge. <laughs> if that's you know where you're comfortable, I'm okay mm-hmm. with that.
1: Yeah. And that's we great. have yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> met clients under we bridges. Have. So
0: yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, that's got to be interesting. What bridge? Well, yeah. Exactly. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, you guys are awesome here. Thank you. Yeah, I love everything that I am doing with you guys. It's been awesome meeting everybody and kind of coming in to get to know everybody personally and going around and talking with people. People are going to listen to this. What do you want them to hear about this care coordination?
2: I mean, I think that if anybody um, feels as if they need a little extra help, we would want to get it out there that we are, in summation of what we all just said, kind Mm -hmm. of a unique group of people that really care a great deal about folks, and we want to see the best happen for our clients and i think that we have a great group of people up here that really go above and beyond to to improve the lives of others so i uh, would we'll just want to get it out there if you feel as though you could benefit from the services mm-hmm. please call us um we'd be happy with, to chat with you on the phone to see to pre-screen and to just come our way yeah yeah <laughs> and this
1: is the 1280 main street location mm-hmm. yes third, third floor.
2: floor
1: third floor yeah i didn't realize when i was here before that like I thought it was just like offices up here. I didn't realize it was oh. actually different mm-hmm. like f- floors you go to. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. would th- what is downstairs then? Would be
0: downstairs is our holistic health.
1: Okay, that's in the basement. That's
0: in the base in the basement. Yeah, the and lower then level. The lower level. Uh, yeah, not the basement. <laughs> and our uh, Erie County Act team. Okay, is on the lower level, and then the first floor is clinic. Okay, and don't we also have cares? On the first
3: floor, I think cares may have moved moved to to admin, 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 our admin location. Yeah, yeah, and then the second floor is the veterans, not associated with Spectrum. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, that's
1: right. I I think Mm -hmm. I parked in one of those spots. I hope my car. You got yelled at. Go out there.
0: Oh, there's going to be an email We're coming get an out.
1: Email. <laughs> is, there, is that, uh, is that a thing? Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. they are oh, yeah.
0: sticklers with their parking. You're going to be the first email
3: that we've got about that in a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: I do. I see the
1: signs out there. I'm like, uh oh, well, I have nowhere else to park. And Yeah, I they stock all... that. Parking You're lucky you lot got a spot. Yeah, general. you know, I did last time when I came here. I did, yeah. Because was... you
3: parked in the veterans. No,
1: I didn't last time. I think, but I came like right at lunchtime, so I think there was like three oh, yeah. or four spots open because of that. Yeah. Do you have a lot
2: of upcoming podcasts with other Spectrum folks?
1: Um, right now I have one with Alyssa. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Um, for housing, yeah. And then I'm doing one with Sydney and Bruce oh, awesome. um, when Sydney gets back on vacation. Awesome. I have that getting get lined up. Like I said, I'm trying to stagger them out right now as far as uh doing podcasts in general because I want to get all my new equipment. I'm pretty excited about that.
0: Mm-hmm. You but just can't wait to play with all I, your I'm new like equipment. <laughs> I haven't been this giddy about anything for
1: a long time. I feel like a, a teenager
0: Aww, that's preteen awesome. before <laughs>
1: Christmas, like getting his new video game system or something. So,
0: Oh, my God. I'm the same way, though.
1: Yeah. No, I'm pretty totally. excited about it. And I, and I found it's like I keep saying, oh, I mean, technically it's not for free. I mean, I worked hard to get to where I'm at, sure. but right. you know, I haven't, I'm not spending a penny on it, and it's pretty—it's pretty awesome that uh, just got a, that money, just kind of yeah. handed to me. So it's nice. You deserve it. You which earned it, which is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely. This is a great idea.
1: I love it. Well, it's—I love it because. It's obviously it's educational, but people can be listening to it while they're doing what they're doing all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can listen to it on your phone while you're walking, while you're running, while you're doing laundry, dishes, whatever it is you're doing. You can be listening to this and you can hear people's stories. You can hear what services are offered. You can hear, you know, I've had my mom on here. I've had my significant other on here. I mean, I've had some of my good friends. I've had counselors. I've had CEOs. I've had just so many different varieties of people, and you can hear what's going on and what we need. Mm -hmm. What are the positives? What Mm -hmm. need to be changed? You know that. Well, I'm not the only one going through this. I mean, I think those are all super important things. Mm -hmm. And you know, I tell people when they sit down to do an episode with me, one thing you guys say, somebody can just hear it, and that can just spark this whole change in somebody. Right. That's so true. And that's all it takes. One person. That's. You know with a counselor and they say hey listen to this new episode of room nine and they have they need somewhere to live and they end up oh wow and you know so it's just so many awesome things that I can just spiral out into mm-hmm. that yeah. i'm very excited about i've always kind of loved the podcast and i really think it's just a great way to communicate and educate so i have a lot of different visions kind of for the future but right now it's just kind of doing it and having conversations mm-hmm. like this
2: Excellent. You do a nice job.
1: Which are awesome. I I try. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's like an art form. It really is. It's that's why I told you before. I had uh, my roommate from Horizons originally started with with me, and once he realized it wasn't just sit down, talk, right. record, post, he was like, all right, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna, out. He's like, I'm just gonna stick with my construction job. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, because it is, it's an art form to uh to be a host. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I find when I'm not consistently doing it I get rusty mm-hmm. Like I remember I had that's why I trying to get too far ahead I was probably like three weeks ahead because I'd release an episode every Monday and so it was like three weeks since I did one and I did I'm trying to think who I was sitting down with but I was like what the heck am I talking about <laughs> like in my head when I'm doing this I'm like I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore right now
3: <laughs> right because
1: I try to do a little preparation obviously sure. I want to be prepared but I also like to keep it very organic and kinda of let the conversation go its own way. So I try not to prepare too much. Where let it's it like I'm, like I'm uh-huh. reading off a right, script, script or anything.
0: Yeah, you can always tell those podcasts that read off scripts, mm-hmm. they are literally the most boring podcast ever it's, it's, they really are no it really is it's even, very obvious yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's just so dull and, and but just monotone what do blank. you mean Amanda <laughs> <laughs> exactly that Kristen <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is and even even if you try to like change your tone mm-hmm. you still know when somebody's reading so a yeah. piece it's of total paper total. I don't know what it is but yeah just like uh, they're not saying that <laughs> My the way I love ending these I've been doing this with the Spectrum episodes. I asked this, like, cliche, like, you know, if you could tell somebody one thing, the last thing you could tell them, what would it be? And this person gave, like, an awesome answer. So I've started kind of keeping that, like, a tradition of Room 9 episodes where it's like if you had that last opportunity to give somebody advice to say something, you know, whether it was encouragement, to help, whatever it may be, any kind of advice, what would it be? And I love putting people on the spot like that because it's, it's tough. Like, oh, my gosh, there's so many. I always I find there's a general kind of theme that goes along with it. But I always love getting people's kind yeah. of ideas of what they would say.
0: You know, I think things can always get better with just a little effort. Life can get better. Life is what you make of it. I mean, that's a silly cliche.
1: Yeah. But it's yeah. so
0: true. You want to put effort into it. You will improve. You life will get better. You will enjoy it more.
1: Well, it's about changing your. You have to work at it. Changing your mindset. Yeah. Which is the hardest part. It's easy to change so many things, but when it comes to your thinking.
0: But we're here to help them do that. Mm -hmm. We're here to give them that encouragement and to show them that it can be done.
1: Yeah, that was probably my biggest thing was changing my self talk, Mm -hmm. how I Mm -hmm. talk to myself. Even with, I I noticed like when I knock over a glass. And spill something, and be like, Sean, you idiot! You say something long enough, you're gonna start believing it. And I took that. I remember Lane, and this this whole transformation for me really happened in jail. Those uh, six, seven weeks I was in jail, and I remember just like, no, I can't, I can't keep talking to myself this way. Mm-hmm. And it's just repetition. Just all right, right. I've been in self pity, c- calling myself shitty names for you know seven hours now. I'm gonna stop. And then it was six hours and it was five hours. I start catching myself and eventually it's quickly into it. I mean, I can feel the emotions come on before the thoughts even come Mm -hmm. now. Like, oh, wait, you can't, you're not going to go there.
2: And I think once you're able to make that change, because that's hard to do if it's a habit to talk to yourself. It's super difficult. I think then other things follow suit and fall into place Mm -hmm. as soon as you make that conscious decision, you know, to be nicer to yourself. Yeah. Um, That would be something that I would say to somebody, just be nice to yourself and keep trying every day just keep trying
1: that's that's huge because it's constant we're gonna all fail we're gonna all fail constantly all the time and as soon as you get into this self-pity this worthless talk Mm -hmm. goes nowhere there's nothing I can find a good in anything except self-pity when you start talking bad oh poor me and Mm -hmm. I spent my, my brother and sister died when I was 15 and I spent more than half of my life since then probably 15 years of that just, you know what? I shouldn't have to do anything difficult because I got dealt a bad hand. Right. You know, life Oh, owe- the universe owes me right. for this, what happened to me. And I know so many people out there who think that way. Yeah. Right. But when you can just change that mindset to, you know what? This really sucks. This is shitty, but what can I learn from this? What can I get from this? And do that while you're crying. I mm-hmm. mean, I've found mm-hmm. the power in crying, but when you take that time to learn from whatever it is that has happened to you, whether it's your fault or not, it becomes this beautiful like process. It becomes awesome. And I wrote, a, I wrote a blog called My Paradoxical Addiction because I was thinking the one day like, oh my gosh, I've stole from my parents. I've stole my dead brother and sister's jewelry from my parents and pawned it for drugs. I've right. stole from my girlfriend. I've stole from her teenagers and I've done all these terrible messed up, effed up things. But yet I'm wouldn't be the man I'm becoming today if it wasn't for these stupid messed up things that I did Absolutely. and it's such like this paradox and I've found just to kind of you know share with people that it's so important to any time you're in this situation you know look at it in that way like all right what can I get from this because right. something beautiful can always come from it and that's I think that's, that's super important Thank you for yeah t- sharing that with us yeah, yeah I think that's super important yeah what about you Kristen
3: I'd have to say uh, less fear more courage I like that because you always hear like people talking about when they're older, mm-hmm. they wish they could have, they wish they could have, they wish they could have regrets. And it's just like, what, why there's nothing stopping us from doing anything anything, you know, we could try to do whatever we want to do, whether, you know, it's just something is something off a bucket list or a huge dream to achieve. I mean, fear will hold us back from doing almost anything. And if at least you give it something, give it a little bit of effort, then that fear kind of dwindles down. Mm -hmm. So if you face them with courage, then there's less fear and more courage and there's more ability, more doors open to do the things that you want to do. Yeah, that's great.
1: And I think it's usually kind of what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. It's a fear of failing pretty much and really learning. I love there's this eastern philosophical quote like a zen master has failed more times than anybody has tried and i think it's just awesome to really if you start looking Mm -hmm. at failure Uh instead of being fearful of it as a As a teacher
2: yeah failure Failure is part of success yeah
0: Yeah. failure is part of success it's growth you know i the same thing that you said i don't regret anything what happened in my past has made me who i am today and i cherish that and i cherish everything that i've learned you know during any part of my life and it's okay to fail it's when you get back up brush yourself off and do it again keep kicking and again
1: and again (laughs) keep going yeah that's, that's super important Yeah, I love, and even I think about when I would get hard on myself for the things I've done to other people, how I've screwed some people and lied to people and manipulated them. You know, I've even taken that mindset and looked at it. That was not justifying the wrong things that I've done. Just saying that was an opportunity. I gave them an opportunity to learn and grow from this. Mm -hmm. Sure. And if whether they take it or not, I mean, there's still some people who won't talk to me. And I mean, there's majority of people have kind of always known who I've been and have really accepted and supported me. But, I mean, there's some people who won't. I have a really good friend of mine who I didn't even really steal from. I just manipulated him mm-hmm. a lot. And, I mean, he hasn't talked to me. I've known him since fifth grade. And, I mean, he hasn't talked to me for since this all kind of went down. So there's some people who aren't going to really get over it and take right. from that experience. Mm-hmm. But right. I was talking to this, um, this psychiatrist, and she said that. I said, made a joke about taking something in her office, and she was like, oh, I would be flattered if you took that. I was like, oh. Well, I hope uh, somebody said that about their purse that I stole. (laughs) And she went on to say that, like, you know what? You gave that person an opportunity. And it really opened my mind to that. Like, I mean, that's true. Never looked at it that way, probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, you haven't. Because, you know, it almost sounds like when you say it out loud, it sounds like you're just, hey, I gave you an opportunity by stealing (laughs) that from you. You know, it sounds sounds stupid. I mean, really, it is. Mm -hmm. Not that it justifies my actions by all means. It was still wrong and messed up. But, you know, you gave them an opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. All right. All well, right. what do we got? 50 minutes in. Okay. All right. Um, Excellent. What do you guys, uh, last kind of information, how people get a hold of you? That would be me. That would be you, Kristen.
3: Um, So like I mentioned earlier, we have a walk-in clinic um, with me uh, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. They would just come in, do a very brief paper referral, just getting some demographic information. If everything checks out, they would meet with me. Usually takes about 10 to 15 minutes to get them enrolled in the program. If not, if you have anybody that is interested in the services or has any questions, even if they don't know if they meet criteria, they're always more than welcome to just fill out the referral, but I could be reached um, directly at 716- 539- 5465, so they can call me. I'm always in and out of the office, so please leave me a voicemail. I check them every day um, and I'll probably get back to you within the business day or the following day. Awesome. Yeah, but that's right. where to start. Mm-hmm.
1: Alright.
0: Yeah, you can also talk to, if you're in, in uh, treatment, you mm-hmm. could talk to your counselor about doing a referral, and then they can send it to us, so then the Person doesn't have to come down right. if they can't. So they can talk to uh, their counselor, or I think a uh, parole officer or probation will do it too.
3: Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, not just Spectrum, but the yeah. counselors from all over, all, other all over. providers. All over the place. Yeah, okay. if somebody wants specifically to work with Spectrum, they can send the referral over to us. I mean, some doctor's offices do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had the DART program, uh, Pathways, they send their um, stuff over to referrals. If Somebody's in the hospital for medical reasons or psychiatric reasons. You know, we have departments send over referrals for them as well because it's nice to engage them when they're in the hospital. Mm-hmm. This way they have like that support right when they get out. It's a Mm -hmm. really nice transition to have that support put in place. Um, So yeah, I mean, they can come from a million different places. And I believe that also if somebody... Wanted to do a referral through a website. Um, they have to go through the Health Home website. Okay. Um, there is a brief referral on there, and um, the administrative assistant of the Health Home would then follow up with them, but would send them out to the appropriate care management agency. What is agency. the Health
2: Home website?
3: I believe it's hhpwny.org. org Okay. It's yes. Health Home
2: Partners of Western New York. Yes. I'll put it all in the okay. Info yeah, too, yeah. So, so they just can just I got Google, Google Health yeah. Home Partners of yeah. Western New York as well. We're easy to find mm-hmm. yeah, if
1: you're looking. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, ladies. You gals are awesome. Thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much for uh, sitting down with me.
0: Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks. This has been fun. Thanks. Yeah, yes, I'm going
1: to have to come back again when I have all my new and fun equipment mm-hmm. Yeah. as cool. well. So, All right, take it easy. Thank all right, you so thank much, you. John.
0: Yep.
1: And that's the end of that episode. Once again, the information to get a hold of the health home care coordination team. Is Monday through Friday, hours of 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. And the phone number is 716 539 5465. And you begin hold of Kristen Estrada, leave a number, name, message, everything else. She will get back to you ASAP. And the website is www.hhpwny.org. And that is it, everybody. Have a great week. Have a great time and i will be talking to you guys soon all right later later alligator okay i'm gonna stop now bye